0: Jimmy's in California. Yeah. I'm here.
1: It's six AM here.
0: What are you doing in California there, buddy?
1: I'm on uh, season two of Making It. I can't believe I'm back. It's so funny. Every time I meet somebody they're like, Oh my god, you're here. I'm like, Yeah, I can't believe they invited me back. They're like, why wouldn't they have you back? I go, because they didn't use me for season <laughs> one. I mean, that seems logical. And it's it's fun to be back though. And this time we're on a our sound stage right i'm i'm like not even kidding i'm 100 yards 200 yards away from the back to the future set the original back to the future that yeah the town square and it's a cool spot it's where everybody like anybody's like on a long distance phone call or having like a talk with their wife or something everybody wanders over and sits on the steps of city hall or like hangs out by the gas station because there's a really actual park right in front of the city hall set and so everybody's hanging out right there, you know, if you like, you want a private moment. But last night, I wandered in there. Well, yesterday morning, I, I Skype with Taylor every morning just to say hi, and, and I was walking around in there, and they were shooting a car commercial or something, and there was a flipped over car. Because right off of the Back to the Future set, what, what what town was that supposed to be? Do we know? Is that a, a real state? Hill Valley. No, I don't think it was a real place, Hill Valley. Because uh, right off of Town Square there, there is the New York set. And so, like, if you're standing right in the middle of Back to the Future, you look off to one side, and the New York set is connected. The streets are connected. And down one of the streets, they had a flipped over car and a whole camera crew yesterday morning at the same time. I got to the set yesterday at 6 a.m., so I had to leave here at about 5.30. They were shooting a car commercial. So being on set is amazing. It's just every time you turn around, there's a whole new crew doing something, and you walk in one direction, you're in New York City, and you walk in the other direction, and it's an old western town, which I was walking through the other day for Skype. Maybe I'll walk through today for next for another vlog. Actually, use my camera. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, it's great. It's great, and I happen to be standing there when the tram drove through, and the tram has a movie on it. And they're all looking at me. They think like, "Who's that guy?" I'm like, "I'm just some moron wandering around." I got, I got, <laughs> I fell off of one of the trams, and there's on the tram there's a movie playing on the screen. To the audience, it shows what's going on in that western town. So I kind of was like sitting in one spot watching the camera as it slowed down with the tram. And you could see the town in a movie, right where the right where the tram is. You see like cowboys shooting and guns at each other. It's cool. It's cool. That's so awesome. I, yeah, and no, I did you see the other day I, I Skyped a, a set and I tagged Jocko because it was all this texture on the outside of it what looked like a spaceship. And they were breaking down a commercial. That. Yeah, it's, uh, they were breaking down a commercial. Somebody said it was a Star Wars commercial. Maybe he meant to say it was like a Star Wars inspired commercial. And it was all this movie set stuff. It looked like Battlestar Galactica. It was like all plywood panels. You know, up close, you could like see the end grain of the plywood, but from five feet away, it looked like all molded plastic. And I didn't want to film it because I probably would get in trouble, but. They had this giant thing. It looked like the foot of one of those, those, those Star Wars walkie machines. You know, one of those big things. like <laughs> <they're called. laughs> Yep, the walkie machines. Yeah. You know, like the big walking giraffes. It looked like the foot of that. It looked like the foot. Maybe that's what it was now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it looked it looked like, like a turret. Uh, it looked like a big electromagnet or the turret of, of, a, of a tank. It was like this big giant... Metallic-looking hockey puck. It was probably nine, mm. eight or nine feet in diameter, and probably five or six feet tall, like a big conical shape with like all mechanisms on it, and what looked like perhaps a like a hook for a big cable. And it was a, it was a prop. Mm. I walked up to it and knocked on it on my Skype story. Anyway, an hour later, it's on a big pair of telehandle of forks, and they just push it up and just like go doink into a dumpster. I was like, no, oh, no. Wow. Ooh. I want that. <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I did I did film Even it, again. but I, I did film it, but if I show it, I'll probably get in trouble. I mean, I don't know what I can can't get in trouble for. I'm just waiting to get yelled at. But what's funny yeah. is you walk around the set like that. You walk around you walk around NBC Universal and I, I look like your average art department guy. So you could I could probably walk right into any truck, walk up to anywhere, you know, just act like you belong. Carry nobody, a clipboard. Yeah, and nobody cares. Nobody's you know. Obviously, if you if you step out of line, you'll probably get in trouble somehow, some way. But you could. The point I'm making is, I have pretty good access. I could walk right up to anything. Yeah. Ask anybody. Like I was wandering around yesterday talking to Taylor, and I'm walking across town, the Back to the Future set, and all the empty storefronts. If you look in them, all you see is like two by fours and plywood. There's nothing in them. They have. There's no set dressing beyond like a curtain or something, but all the lights are on. So as I'm walking and I'm like, oh cool, all the lights are on. I'm like, oh wait a minute, I'm in the background of the shot, looking around, and like, there wasn't anybody shooting or anything. But I was, I'm like, oh, they turned on all these st- old storefronts because you could see it in the distance from the car accident set.
0: Oh, crazy.
1: Yeah. So from huh. ten feet away, it just looks like all these stores with random people inside. It's funny because when you flip on a light, all of a sudden that means there's a human being, ocu- you know, present or occupying that space. Yeah. Where if all the lights are off, you're like, oh, there's nobody home. But just a couple of random lights brings the town square to life.
0: Hmm. Huh. And I guess, like, if you're walking around there in, in those situations, and as long as you have your sunglasses on, like, no matter what time of day it is, somebody thinks you're, like, cool enough Hollywood enough exactly. to be there on purpose.
1: <laughs> you can get in trouble for it. <laughs> did, you, did you see my story? Did you know that I had my glasses on at 6 a.m. yesterday?
0: Well, you I'm no, kidding. you always have your glasses on, so <laughs> I just figured that.
1: <laughs> okay, I did not have them on, but I do, I do wear them sometimes because you go from the car, which is pitch black at six five thirty six a.m., into a soundstage, which is like literally walking into a box of daylight. And they ha- they have the lights up because box we, of daylight. We <laughs> <like that. laughs> we have two sound stages that we're occupying. One of them is the art department, so this is this. It, like three football field size of like tables and paintings and all the props that are for the show. So we just finished our first full episode. We did one build. We did like you a finished short... an episode already. No, well, not not today. We will today, day three, will be the finish of this episode in the judging aspect, and they'll get to wow, pick somebody that's to go. But uh, we did the short craft and then the long craft all day yesterday. Was a ten hour day of them building. You know so the yesterday was like a 13 hour day, but 10 hours of it was solid build time. And so they finished yesterday evening at like I don't know seven o'clock. and then today they'll set the barn up. The barn is all now, we used to be out in somebody's grass. Now the barn is literally inside the second sound stage. We have two we occupy two of them. So that whole barn footprint, they actually have the same barn. They were able to rebuild you know what they needed to at least to create the illusion that we're outside. And down both sides of the barn is all French doors, maybe five on each side or six on each side. There's a giant plastic poster of outdoors. So when you look through the barn door, (laughs) like 10 feet away from both sides of the barn, there's a big backdrop. And the backdrop is printed on uh, like a clear plastic so they could backlight it. Like a a subway poster or like a bus stop poster. But... Yeah. 30 feet tall and 100 feet long of trees and bushes. And then right in front of it are some real bushes and a lot of fake bushes. Huh. And it's one person's job to make sure all the live plants get watered every day. So if I go on the set right now, which yesterday I was there this early. I don't have to be there till, till an hour from now. But every morning there's a guy who takes every live plant, puts it outside, and it's like hundreds of them waters them, puts them in the sun, gives them some love and care, talks to them, and then puts them all back. (laughs) (laughs) So when you see, like, the background of, like, a Hollywood set and you see trees moving around, like, there's, like, a tree that looks like a 100-year-old tree, and there's 10 of them or 20 of them, and they're on wheels. So you see, like, a giant tree that's, like, 30 feet tall. It has, like, a plume that's, like, a big ball that's, like, 40 foot in diameter. You see a tree just, like, walking around. This is like a guy with like a motorized push cart in front of, it. <laughs> and, and then you see real plants getting outside, putting outside water. So this whole thing is on a soundstage. So they're doing the best they can to make it look like we're back on the property where we shot last time. So it's uh, it's interesting to see, and and like I said, everybody's got the, everybody's got their own specific job. This one guy's job is just to make sure the plants live, which is I guess important. How many think, how many people do you think work on set? Hundreds, hundreds, hundreds. There's like three hundred, fifty different art department people, probably 150. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. And there's like five people in charge of talent. So like every day it's like, can I get you anything? Can I get you anything? I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I try not to be a pain in the butt. I'm super easy. And so I'm, they know that I'm probably mostly always in the shop. But every once in a while, I'll go to my room to make a phone call or something. But I have a dressing room. I'm going to my trailer. trailer. No, no, no. This time, because <laughs> we're on set, the 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 a funny thing happened the first day I got there. We weren't shooting. They were doing camera tests and makeup tests for everybody. And there were a couple of like publicity shots. And I got into my room. They brought me into my room. And immediately, I was like, oh, I left my phone in the car, the guy that drove me there. I have a car now, but I have my own rent-a-car, but before that, they picked me up. And I left my phone in the, in the guy's car. And now it's like 45 minutes later, and I don't know if he's went to pick somebody else up, but my phone is on the front seat of his car. But I have my other iPhone. I always keep a second phone. So I open my other iPhone, and I go, find my iPhone. And one, I didn't know which one was which, because one is in the middle of like a lake, and the other one is like in the middle of bushes. And we're like <laughs> probably like seventy-five feet apart. So that indicates, like, within a year, the building I'm in was built. So oh, right. So I said to him, "I goes, this is a brand new building." And they're like, "Yeah, this is building. Is, was just built like a few months ago." And so I figured out which one was me, and then went outside to the parking lot and got my phone, which wasn't there in the in the sky map, you know, in the aerial view. So the building was that new that has the satellite picture hasn't been updated. So it's a bunch of dressing rooms in a row. And one of them, one of the dressing rooms at the very end is video village, which is a fun thing. Cause for me, once, once all the challenges are done, I don't have much to do except we clean up and then I kind of wander around, but they want my opinion. So I'll wander into video village, which is where the 25 different monitors are all in one computer screen. The com- I sent you guys pictures last time. So you have like a big giant flat screen TV and on it, it's cut into like 25 or 30 squares. And in each square is the different cameras. And then underneath it, it'll say this is Jordan's camera. This is so-and-so's camera and -and so-and-so's camera. And so you could, I I don't know if they do a rough live edit because there was like a whole bunch of directors sitting with like headphones on. So it looks just like you see like in the back of a newsroom. So I think they're doing a live edit just to have a rough cut, but Everybody's watching, and I get to see what happens when they do the judging and stuff. And Simon is super funny, and Nick is always funny, and Amy's funny. And so everybody really likes... It's kind of like Dana's the straight person, and Simon is the comedian. So watching them together is, is very, very funny. And Simon just always has a laugh. And so everybody's kind of hanging. Every time Simon talks, everyone stops chatting with each other and, like, watch this, this, the monitors. So we get to sit and watch those, so that's fun. So I, they they don't mind at all if I sneak into Video Village and like find a seat, and it's packed. Last time Video Village was in a giant trailer, now it's in one of these dressing rooms, so there's like almost no place to stand. So every time like I walk in, it's like, oh, Jimmy's here. He doesn't need to be here, but that's the feeling I get. But they don't care. They like me being there because I'm like, hmm. there's coffees everywhere. I, I know I'm going to be the guy that knocks the coffee over onto a control board. Okay. <laughs> I
0: have a question, and I, I don't know if you can answer this or not, but um, the times that I've been, or I've seen TV happening, it, it's not been like reality based. So it's a, it's a lot of like a lot of takes because you you have a specific script or a specific thing you're trying to get with something like this, where there's not a script that they're necessarily following. Are there quite a few retakes or is it kind of,
1: there is, there is a script because they, they're right. There is a whole writer's team. and there's all story yeah. producers. They give everybody a thing to say. So Nick and Amy are like amazing. And and so so is Dana and, and Simon. But Nick and Amy are amazing. They make it seem so natural, but they're reading a teleprompter. And that's just so that Ooh. they have the that's just so they have the bare bones of what they need. But everybody improvises. So they get at least the script so that they know the story is there. And then on top of that do whatever you want. So that those real moments where everyone's giggling and laughing, those are real moments. But just to at least get a skeleton of an edit, they do have a teleprompter to read. So, it's it, that's just a, that's like the worst-case scenario that they have something that will be give you, you know, we all shoot. So, you know, sometimes we shoot and we go back and we're missing that one connective piece that doesn't make sense because it's not there. They do all that just so they have that as a as a basis of an edit. And then on top of that, they look for the real moments. So there is a couple of times when, when they'll read the teleprompter and they, they know they screw it up and no one, they don't need to be told because they're all pros and they just pause and they just re-say it. And the teleprompter person is, has like a hand control because you see the teleprompter reset and then it goes right back down. Did you guys know a little, a little secret, a little cheat? I have a teleprompter app on my phone. Do you guys ever use it?
0: I've never used that. I've seen people um, use them on, like, an iPad before. but Yeah, I've, I've never you can
1: put it. it on. I have it on my phone, so sometimes when I do a commercial reading, there's a lot of stuff to say, and I always forget it. I'll use the teleprompter, and I hold it like I have it marked right next to the camera. And it,
2: it, it hears your voice, so it scrolls, because it knows what you've said, and it'll scroll with your with your own
1: oh template. see I didn't even know mine might have that setting I just usually just set it super slow because I can't read so it's like
2: uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> so for your phone or for your iPad you can also get the mirror that flips up in front of your camera lens so you're looking right at the camera lens but it's but it's reversed on your on your iPad or, or your phone there's a whole setup I, I haven't used it in years but at my old job we
1: had that oh that's cool. Yeah, it helps me just to remember stuff because I'm always like going back to the email where I'm supposed to read what I have to say. So it's yeah, uh nice it's it's that. interesting to watch the show unfold. And and I, I we were talking about like what I can and can't say before we got started. But one thing I can say is the show is a real feel-good show. And the makers, by the way, there isn't any makers that I know. I mean, we've all we've all know somebody in our community that's been contacted to be on the show, and nobody that I know is on the show. We do have one kind of maker. Fair maker guy, he's making a robot. He's doing the robotic stuff. Mm. Now, I haven't seen his project yet, but I know because he worked inside. He didn't work in the shop at all, but he's doing the robotic stuff. So he's like a real like kind of maker maker guy. With, we do have a 3D printer on set. We do have a laser cutter, <laughs> and we do have a CNC machine. What are you laughing at? What did I say? maker maker guy?
0: maker maker guy?
1: Yeah. It's just a, it's uh, just a so,
0: very Jimmy way to describe somebody.
1: Yeah, so he's not – <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Yesterday, there's one of the, There's a young, a very, the youngest maker who has the least experience, but is probably you know one of the most creative. He's extremely creative, and he's I think he just turned 19, and he's never used any power tools. So we have what is? I nobody knows what it's called. That I call it the jiji 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 thing. And he laughed He goes, you're <laughs> like a professional maker with all this experience, and you still call it the jiji 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 thing. The, those end things that like vibrate left, like I'm doing like a karate chop in the air with my hand, left and right. The things like this is like an oscillating tool, yeah. Is that what it's called? Oscillating, so you can like yeah. punch cut right into like a trim or something. They always show you cutting out like yeah. a socket with it, yeah. yeah. The z- 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 tool, there's a whole bunch of those <laughs> on set, so they, they come in real handy. <laughs> is bad. We got a bunch of battery operated stuff, which is which is cool. Last time we might have had like five or six of everything, now we have like 30 of everything. So last night at the end of the day, there was like drills and palm sanders and jigsaws like everywhere we had to do like a big cleanup i felt like a like a dad cleaning up after kindergarten class
2: how much free time do you get in your shop
1: uh quite a bit quite a bit i have the cnc machine so that you guys might have seen on my stories i'm playing around a little bit on the cnc machine i made him i'm making it push stick which everybody is like i'm stealing this i'm stealing this i'm like in my free time i'll just make more so if everyone steals one, I'll try and make 10 or 15 of them by the end of the, the sessions. And uh, I do have a lot of free time. And I really just spend it organizing and making sure I know where everything is and trying to think of things. The first day I got there, I had to I had to make a bin to, have, to, call, to carry screws. And they kept saying, Jimmy, can you do this, Jimmy? I said, I have to stay in the shop long enough to make one thing because we're about to shoot. It was the, the morning we started, Monday morning. And I said, I have to at least make one thing just so I know if we have screw gun tips, if the air connectors are working, if we know where the nails are, you know, and as you make one thing, you realize, oh, I don't have, I don't have wood glue. Oh, I only have short nails. Do so we have long nails? Oh, there's no battery on the 15 gauge nail. Where's the, the, where's the T-square for the table saw? You know, all these dumb things. So that's why I had to just go through the motions to make one thing just to see if I could go from the beginning. And. It's hard because these, the art department just puts everything on set. And they're like, "Okay, we have hoses, we have screw guns." We have, I'm like, "Yeah, you have a screw gun with no battery and no tips, and that makes the screw gun useless." All right, there's a drill. Where are the where are the where's the packet of drills? And so that's why I had to go through all that. Just oh, the drills. Oh, the drills are in the art department. All right, bring them on the set. There's a lot of stuff people don't think of, and I picked up. We have craftsman circular saws the battery operated circular saws and art department they hire people that i i I make the joke i'm like if they stick a mirror under their nose and it makes like a mist on the mirror they go you got a job because (laughs) (laughs) i picked up a a handheld circular saw and the blade was flipped over and backwards and just looking at it the average person would know the blade is backwards, but not the person that put it together. And then I go to take the screw off, and the screw is so tight, like I, like I don't even know how they got it that tight. So every tool I, that's been already assembled, i got to make sure that it's assembled correctly. Big DeWalt chop saw the battery, the blade was off center because they didn't use the little washer that goes inside to keep it centered.
2: Are there any Super sponsors, things like, that. like tool sponsors, or is it just random tools from Home Depot?
1: Uh, Stanley, Black, and Decker. So anything they make is on set. We have Porter okay. Cable, Craftsman, and DeWalt. So it's a mix of all the colors. So it's it's cool. It doesn't look so... I mean, it's obviously one company to the people that know, but to the average person, it looks like we're using just a bunch of random different tools, which is cool because it's not just like monochromatic. It's uh, And today, so we... Today is judging day, so today will be fun. Like I I have an easy day today. That's why they don't need me so early. All the building is done for episode one, so today they'll they'll convert the barn into basically a showroom, and they have these art gallery backdrops that they'll put in, and everyone's project will be in these art gallery settings for where their their table would be. They're doing that right now. There must be a big buzz going on over there now. And then when I get in, I'll get to watch the judging.
0: So I was wondering, you were talking about like the tools being set up and all that stuff. I guess in past when you've done TV, it's always been in your shop.
1: A lot of times, yeah. Well, yeah, like we did when we first did Trash to Cash, which is the show John and I very first did in two thousand and two. We did a setup at a garage, and it was very similar. But John also lived a couple miles away, so if we needed anything weird, John had this, his own shop. So we would. It wasn't as big of a like hit the ground running with absolutely nothing. So it was a a slow transition to get everything we need. But we're we're up to speed now. I mean we're we're here in civilization. Last time we shot in the middle of nowhere, so if anybody needed to take a ride to go do something it took hours. This is a little bit quicker. We're right in the valley. We're at NBC Universal. My my hotel is just down the road. I could literally walk there if I wanted to. And it's a lot easier, a lot more cozy. So if I did need something, and then the whole art department team is right there so I can wander in and borrow something from them. If, Like yesterday, the big thing we all needed were, were scrapers and spatulas to do wood fill. Uh, and somebody comes to me and goes, do we have razor blades? I'm like, no. And then, like, I, I always joke, this like I pinch my shirt and talk into it. Jimmy needs razor blades. And then, <laughs> <laughs> Three hours later, I get a bushel of razor blades because everyone expects me to be mad. So like they they always like bring me volume to try and curtail my like annoyance. <laughs> 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 it was like sa- yesterday was sanding discs. Sunset there's a whole bunch of palm sanders and nobody took it upon themselves to so just put any random di- sanding disc. I guess they think oh let them decide to put what grit they want on it. I'm like okay that's a great decision. Then why don't you put the sander out with four grits of sandpaper next to it? The sanding discs were hidden somewhere in the art department. So at like eight o'clock, I asked for sanding discs for all the sanders, and they didn't show up till about eleven o'clock. And when they showed up, I had like hundreds of them. Like, like okay.
2: What's well, the I, typical day for? Or how long of a day is it for talent?
1: Uh, they we get lunch at one. So far, it seems to be that we all start. I guess so far, episode one, we, we started, I started at six o'clock each day. And that means just me being there organizing the shop. They come out at like seven, seven thirty. Then we go to lunch, one, to two, sorry, 12 to one. And then one to about six, six or seven. And What's lunch?
2: So, is lunch provided to you or are you on your own? Oh
1: yeah. No, it's, it's catered. It's catered. There's a, there's, hmm. there's always food out, which is hard for me because I'm like a food addict. So there's always food out. All day long everybody you can't nobody walks by that table without stopping to grab a peanut or a piece of chocolate or something It's so annoying. I try to walk around it so that's always out right in the main stage with the art department but when it's lunch there's usually a guy making barbecue or something he's two stages over so we all go into we have one st- sound stage for lunch, one for art department one for the show and then my my whole set is outside and today it might rain but we don't have to build today but it'll be interesting to see how they handle the rain. Every morning, because of the dew, the whole shop is completely tarped. And the shop is probably 50 feet, 60 feet long by about 15 feet wide. It's bigger than the last time. And they put a huge tarp over the whole entire thing. That's Hollywood. It's like, because you put a tarp over that building, and then there's a tarp over the whole building. It's crazy.
0: (laughs) If your shop is not in the soundstage, what's the the backdrop around (laughs) where you are? to make it look like it's on the farm.
1: That's a very good question because the cameramen are having a hard time. They're getting some huh. techniques they're either shooting down into the shop, so they just see like the low level grass around it, or if they shoot high, they shoot over whatever is behind us. And yesterday a large part of the day for the tree handler guys was trying to like block satellite dishes and old western sets. So they're doing a <laughs> lot of long they're doing a lot of long focus so that The backgrounds, I'm assuming that I kind of overheard them talking. I'm not really seeing some of that stuff because I'm in it. And then by the time I go to Video Village to watch it, no one's shooting in the workshop anymore because if I am not there, then then the cameras aren't there because neither is any of the talent. So I I don't really get to see what that looks like, but they are Hmm. doing some longer focus. And like I said, the POV is kind of pointed down so that any of the background is just like grass and picket fence. Or if they shoot high and direct at eye level, they keep asking a lot of us to kind of oh, could you just like turn a little bit so that you face it this way so because then we see just sky behind you or just tree tops. There's a big satellite dish, and every time it seems to be in the background of everyone's like oh, can we just shoot the satellite dish was in it and we'll do something and then like the camera person will like pause for a minute because they're getting a directive in their ear from the video village It's like, could you shoot that again? We saw the old Western clock tower behind you because the the Western town is just over the the the, the horizon from where we are.
0: You should have had them put your shop in an old western, and you know, like the talent could go back in time to get help from old crotchety Jimmy. From
1: <laughs> they don't have to go back in time. Like a cool western name. They don't have uh, to go back in time. You could just crotchety Jimmy. <laughs> no, oh, I started I really to good say a cowboy name for you. One thing, uh, hop along. One, one hop f- along. <laughs> hop along, Durista. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say this one. This one young kid who has never made anything with tools before. He's he's very 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 creative. He's he really has a great mind, and but he's only just used like whatever's like in his environment, just because of where he he grew up, and now he has access to tools, and so it's great to watch this discovery of a young maker, his his self discovery of like oh my god this tool can do this and he's he's picking stuff up immediately he's got the mind for it like he's not yesterday first time ever he's like i never used a router and he was so excited to have his hands on a router he's like i never used a router before and he immediately knew exactly what he was doing with it so it's going to be really fun to watch his development if he gets to stick around and uh, super super creative guy and just so excited to have access to tools for the first time in his life so it's, stuff like that is going to be really great to for the show. It's going to be great for ratings, I assume, but it's just great also just from a human interest point of view. So there's, there's a few of those. So that's exciting. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And I wish I could shoot more stuff on set. I know I'm just going to get in trouble, so I don't even turn the camera on when I'm there. I've taken personal pictures to send Taylor and Willie, but I'm not doing any Instagrammy stuff. I'm just waiting for so that. So
0: how do you think you're going to get content for your vlogs if you can't if you're you know spending the majority of your days on set that you can't shoot
1: i'm just trying to find like i'm hanging out with my brother my brother it's like hanging out with a dancing bear so my brother acts uh for the camera every time i turn the camera on he puts his top hat on and pedals his unicycle I Said that jokingly <laughs> <laughs> so john i'm hanging out with john a lot it's just cool. John kind of he lost traction. Like he doesn't really. He's not great with the social media game. So I'm trying to get him up to speed, giving him some advice on how to use Skype, so he doesn't look like my father using Skype. And getting him. He he. I'm very proud of him. I talked about this on Instagram the other night. He wants to do a podcast, and he has. He's very. He's a technophobe. He doesn't want to learn anything new, which he's realizing he has to because. You know, the time is passing by too quickly until to, to like I keep asking people for help. I know that feeling because I, I hate having to ask people for help on my website. But I'm a little bit past where my brother's par, uh, stuck in time. I'm definitely past that. So the other night I mentioned to him, I was like, oh, if you want to start a podcast, download Anchor and, and set up an account on Anchor and I'll teach you how to use it. And by the time I saw him, he had downloaded Anchor and did his own podcast into the phone. It was only a few minutes long, but he just wanted to at least do a test, and he uploaded it, and it's there. I was like totally amazed. And it sounds good. He's like holding, he's talking into his phone in a quiet room. He did a really good job. And then he and I did one together, which we were in the middle of it, and he got a phone call, so it got cut in half, and he posted it anyway, and he put it in the description. Got a phone call, still figuring this out. And I haven't checked, but he probably put up a few more. He wants to have a place where he could talk every day. And to be able to upload his own thing into his phone, it's it's great. So I'm really, I was really proud of him that I just mentioned the website to him, and he took advantage and did it. Because he's 54 years old, it, he would never in a million years would do that. He would always ask his daughter or his son to do it. So he, you know, you got to get out of your own way sometimes. So yeah. I'm spending time That's with awesome. John, and like I said, uh, we actually we might do a podcast while we're here. We might do. It's a matter of logistics, but together, John and I are going to talk about our show business experience on Barry Katz's podcast, uh, The Industry Standard, which I talk about all the time. So we're trying to work out a schedule to go hang out with Barry at one point. So that'll be fun. We'll be able to tell our TV stories and my, my YouTube experience in a, in a pretty, good, pretty good platform. So I'll let you all know if that works out. Sweet. Yep.
0: Well, David... What have you been up to?
2: I'm working on my sculpture. I've got two more classes left at the museum, but I'm almost done with the top piece. And then this week we made the the bottom piece. It's a sculpture of a snake plant. So the the leaves are made of metal. And then the base is cherry and bird's eye maple. And uh, it's coming along really good. And I'm super excited about getting into some more metalworking Besides that, I'm not, there's not a whole lot going on. Just, uh, I've been working on shop furniture. If you look in my shop, you'll see so many, like the the miter saw station and uh, the sanding station. It's built, but there's no drawers or shelves. It's just empty and things are piled in there. So the other day, we. We cleaned out behind the sliding wall where I keep all my materials. Get rid of a whole bunch of stuff. Gave a bunch of. Oh, you to gonna brother. insulate
1: in there? Is that what you're gonna do? Insulate yeah.
2: that wall? Yeah, yeah. So there's behind that sliding wall is is a garage door, just like a regular garage door for a car to go through, and it lets in a lot of cold air and and uh, so we just we basically built a wall around it, insulated it and drywalled it. So that should help. I'm not sure why we didn't do this before winter, but here we are. And so while we did that, we cleaned out everything. So I got rid of, you you know, we just collect materials, and we have these things that are just sitting around the shop for two, three years. If something's in the shop for two years, probably don't need it anymore. So get rid of all (laughs) that. Yeah, and then uh, and then that just kind of sparked. Okay, I need to finish shop furniture. I need to get every everything done. I have a silly goal. I don't know if it'll work or not, but the goal is to get to a point where all the shop furniture is built all the way around and there's no nooks and crannies. And I, the reward for myself is to get some sort of shop Roomba that's, that sweeps up the, the, the floor. Oh, nice. Yeah. So right now the, the, toe kicks and all the, all the shop furniture will have that black rubber molding. So no dust goes underneath. I want to build kind of a station around the, the table saw and the planer, they're, they're bumped up against each other. Um, that kind of blocks dust from getting underneath and built shelves. So everything will kind of be squared off, and and no nooks and crannies for dust to get into. The idea is to have a place that's really easy to clean, and and is just free of eye clutter and and you. you, you just dust and dirt piles up in, in all these places underneath the tools. So we're trying to slowly take care of that.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. And you know, like, be proactive about like not letting it get under things. Yeah, because I know like you know we we sweep up on a regular basis and try to clean the walkways and stuff like the main areas. But yeah, all those spaces behind stuff and under stuff like they never get touched. Yeah, <laughs> it's
2: just. And uh. th- this has been the goal for since we moved into the shop last year real projects always get in the way and you do a little bit of shop furniture stuff and then that gets old really quick for me and I want to I want to get back into creative things and so we'll we'll see how long this this lasts
0: but right now I'm trying to get a bunch of stuff done sweet um so we have a really interesting project coming out this week uh coming out tomorrow it's a soap dispenser that's shaped like my head mm. and yeah Yep. <laughs> what was and, uh, so, so this is Josh's idea. Does the soap come out and, of your nose? Uh, yes, soap comes out of my nose. Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. So we, when we were in California last year, um, our friend Alec did a three D scan of Josh and I both, and he sent us those models not too long ago. And immediately, Josh was like, "Oh, we need to totally cut your head off and turn it into a soap dispenser and have soap coming out of your nose." And so that's what he did. He just like he learned it. A- Learned a new, like, 3D process for splitting a model and being able to, to like, model within an existing file. And so he took this mesh of my head, cut it in half, and then cut out the area on the inside to put in, like, we bought a soap dispenser, took it apart, stuck it inside this 3D print, and routed the hose out my nostril. <laughs> and then he got some um, some, like, slime green Gojo soap. So the soap that comes out is just, like... Super icky green, and now my head is hanging on the wall in the bathroom,
1: and it's how we get soap. Hmm. Is, it, is it? Is it? How is it pumped out? Do you have to push on your head, or is it electric pump?
0: Oh, it's um, it's got like an IR sensor. So basically, you put your hand underneath my chin. You don't even have to touch anything. You just—it's like you tickle my chin, and then my nose just blows snot out. Oh, that's so awesome. terrible! And awesome.
1: the kids love that. Does it work yeah.
2: better than every single one that you find at a gas station or, like, you know, public restrooms and restaurants? Because you can never get your hand in that right spot to turn it on.
0: Well, so this one, it works almost too well. So you put your hand underneath the chin, and you hear this little, like, Meh, and then it squirts the soap out on your hand. And then you pull your hand away, and then it does it again. I don't know why. <laughs> like, we don't that. So there's just always this, like, extra post-nasal drip of soap that happens. <laughs>
2: Oh, it's, uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's super gross, but really funny. And, um, uh, that's what we do for a living. I love you. That's, even more so, now.
2: that's so amazing.
0: <laughs> so that's coming out this week, but the thing that's kind of weird, you know how I, I always have talked about like trying to get ahead on projects and I'm always trying to figure out how to schedule things in an efficient way right now. And for the past couple of weeks, we've had, um, three or four weeks worth of project videos shot and they are like half edited and they're just like we have a rolling lead now of like a month, which is really cool because at the beginning of the year we were doing all the renovation stuff. So we were just right up against deadlines all the time. And then all of a sudden we got this big lead and then we have a bunch of really cool, really big potential projects for like May that are all stacked up and they're all waiting on contracts, and so it's it's this really weird place to be in where we got a whole bunch of stuff done and now we're kind of stuck waiting, and we can't do a whole lot on these things until we get the contracts back, and it's I'm not used to having, to being ahead enough to be like okay with, okay we're just gonna wait you know mm-hmm. and it's 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 kind of a strange cool place to be in but. Um, So we have a bunch of really cool stuff that we're about to start working on. I'm just waiting for contracts to be signed. But so this week, um, Forby is in town. So we have all four of us here in the office together, which is really cool. And so we've gotten to hang out and do some silly stuff and have a good time together. Um, But yeah, we're working multiple weeks ahead. So I have several projects that are done that I don't like by the time they come out. I've almost forgotten that we did them, which is weird and kind of kind of cool, but kind of weird.
2: Do you find your pace changes when you're that far ahead, when
0: you're working on a project? Do you feel a little bit more calm? Do you think about things a little yeah. bit more? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. It's been it's been a lot more relaxed. Like I don't feel the we have to get something done just to get it done. It's, you know, I, I feel like we just have a little more breathing room which is nice. And we also are spending a little more time. And I think this is a condition of a few things, but we're spending a, l- a little more time just sitting around talking and brainstorming. And like yesterday we had this big, long brainstorming session about a really silly video that we want to make. And it, I, I didn't feel like, okay, we need to, we need to wrap this up to move on. You know, it was like, Oh, let's just sit around and be creative and, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, just, you know, come up with some ideas. And that's kind of weird, but it's also really cool. And I think that's partially due... Well, I think being ahead on videos has a lot to do with, now that uh, we have four of us, the tasks are being a little more split. And, like, you know, everybody kind of knows what they're in charge of, and we don't have to cross as much. And so I think our time is a little more uh, productive, but also... Like when somebody's job is done, it's done and it sets over there and then somebody else has their thing that they're doing and it gets set over there and it's not as much like confusion and overlap and so it's, I don't know, I, I guess that's why people have teams of people that work on stuff together <laughs> so that <laughs> it turns, turns out it works, it's wild. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been good but we're enjoying the fact that we have a little of a lead and we have a little more resource, you know, to get stuff done. It's
1: pretty cool. While I'm away, I have Taylor and Brett are and Willie are cleaning the workshop, and Taylor just oh keeps saying, "You will not believe it when you get back. You will not believe it when you get back. So I'm super nervous. I'm gonna come back. I, I said to her, I, you know the older I get, the less I care about personal effects and the things around me. I used to be like, "Don't touch my stuff, nobody go near my stuff." And Brett knows he just like never touches the table. Like all the little tchotchkes out of mine, just sitting around like the viewer mail, like piles up, but he just never touches it. Cause he knows just don't touch Jimmy's stuff. But while I'm gone, tails, like everything's getting put away. If it's not a tool that you're going to use day to day, it's getting put away. And you know, she'll sip through it and decide what to keep and what not to keep. But I said, you know, I have a sentimental value for a lot of stuff. And so she's like, I'll put all that stuff in boxes. I'll label it all. I'll take pictures. So you know what's in it. But I'm going to come back to a, a, a rearranged cleaner shop. They built, I don't know if you guys have been following Brett's stuff. He he built out a whole, we started when I, before I left, but he finished a bunch of tables, new shop tables. We rearranged the whole metal section, put it, when I say we, they did. They moved all the metal stuff to the whole other side of the shop. So all the welding, metal, and grinding is all in one section now, which was kind of scattered around the room. And I don't know, we'll see what happens when I get back. What it's going to look like.
0: Isn't that kind of weird? Like, I mean, a, a workshop is typically, especially for just like a hobbyist or somebody you know who has it in their house. A workshop is typically a very personal kind of private place. You know, I mean, it's you set it up the way that it works for you. It's stuff that you purchased. It's stuff that you chose at a store or at a whatever. You know, and as you bring other people into that space for whatever reason to share it, to work with you, to shoot video, whatever, it becomes a little bit less yours I mean, not not less yours but like it has to accommodate other people and yeah. i've seen that a few times in myself where you know like i'll go out and josh will be doing something on the cnc and i'm like my there's this weird thing inside of me that's like oh he's on my oh wait that's it's it's ours right it's like the company's <laughs> yeah. cnc it's not yeah. my cnc and me yeah I'm, way very, that used to be.
1: I'm very much like that i i have my little terror i'm very territorial in the way that uh uh I get that same exact feeling, but people know, know that like my, my lathe, my lathe station is like my little machine, machine is the universe. Nobody usually touches anything on the lathe station If it's anything on that table. It's just like, it's just, it's implied just Jimmy stuff. Don't touch it. Like any kind of personal little tool or like I'm looking at the maker knife on my desk right now, which I've been using any, of like the accessories I have for the maker knife, which are the plate, the side plates so are sitting on that lathe, like anything that I want to not miss place goes there so there's that and there's my other big roll toolbox that's in my machine shop so my the toolboxes in each one of the shops are my little personal space and everybody basically knows that's jimmy's stuff if we're going to use it we just have to make sure we put anything back Uh, but as far as having to share the shop with people even here on the set people are a lot of the art department and the people in charge like jimmy is this okay is this in the right place is this in the right place I was like, to be perfectly honest, as long as it's there, it's fine. Like, if we need the band bandsaw, so I don't care where it is, as long as it's on the set. If the cameramen are really more particular about it. And in my shop, Taylor's more particular about the placement of stuff. I don't care. If it's in the room, I'll be able to use it. So, like, just the availability of it is more important than exactly where it is. Or, And so the older I get, I'm just like, if it's there, I don't care. As long as there's a plug and electric nearby, as long as I can use it, I don't care but i used to be very yeah. like like used to be super uptight about where it is and it has to be there and if you're going to don't put the wood near there because it's my space so the older i get the more it's like whatever you know i'm just happy to be healthy <laughs> doesn't matter
2: <laughs> a couple of years ago i read the book the life changing magic of tidying up and that kind of changed the way i organize things so this closet behind me it's just full of banker boxes and every, it's super organized now and that's not been Uh, my personality throughout my entire life. But I kind of look at things like if I passed away, somebody has to go through all this. And so I, so doing that closet, I I had that in mind and this comes from that book and then working behind the sliding doors in the shop, like that is all organized now. Like if I, if I left this world today, whoever has to go in there is going to be like, Oh, this is nice and neat. All these things are here. These things are here, you know? So, I know it sounds strange, but I always think of when I redo something and I am cleaning up and I am putting away. It's like somebody else might have to go through this someday.
0: And that's, I mean, that works on a bunch of different levels for that very reason. But also, just in six months, if you come back to it yeah. and you have to find something, it's a lot easier on you too. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. I need to. I I think I am pretty good about that, but I think I'd still have just more stuff that I could just let go of and just get rid of. It's not that I'd necessarily want it. It's like I don't want to go through the effort of getting <laughs> rid right. of it, you know. Um, but I think I still need to do some of that. But it's been interesting having m- more people in the shop because I think about like, well, the stuff needs to be in a place that not I mean, I'm pretty good at remembering where things are, but it needs to be in a place to where somebody else can go find it without having to ask me. And so we've started to like organize and label things a little bit more and we have a set of shelves that Will eventually be all labeled containers, so that you know somebody could anybody in here could walk in and find exactly what they need for whatever given thing. Uh, same for camera gear. Like we've got a whole shelf now of camera stuff, and the guys spent a lot of time making like a charging board, so all the camera chargers, the battery chargers, and everything are there and labeled, and you know, like you know where the charged ones are and the, the dead ones are. And that just makes it easier and faster for anybody to walk up and get what they need. So I think we'll continue to do that stuff. But what Jimmy, what you were saying was about having like your own little place, like your lathe area that's just yours that nobody touches. I don't think I have, I mean at my desk I guess is that, but I don't really have that in the shop. But I kind of maybe don't want to have that now that I think about it. Like I would kind of, I don't want like a, because if I have a table that's just mine that nobody should touch, it will get piled with stuff.
1: <laughs> well, my, <laughs> like, well, my just, like, that's, well, that's what mine is. That's
0: my corner. I'll just stack it all there. But then I think that, that would be bad in the long run.
1: Well, the the thing about it is because I have a lot of little tinkery projects, like tinkery keys, and you know I I owe friends keys, like custom keys, and so that's where I put. So like I like I can be like, where did I put those keys? And you know, Brett will be like, oh, they're probably on your lathe table, and like my micrometers, things that nobody really but me needs. So like I'll pick the micrometer up and walk around the room with it and set it on the corner of a table saw and you know people know enough to pick it up and, "Oh, Jimmy's at it again." Like <laughs> my handlers will pick it up and put it back on my table. So, that's just like it's like a safe place for like the few things that only I really need and I always misplace. I'm like the the older I get, I'm I'm like a outpatient in my own world I'm walking around, leaving things, <laughs> and spilling coffees. It's my safe place that's
2: Funny. Do you guys know who Marquise Brownlee is? MKHB? There is,
1: uh, mm-hmm. Oh, the, the the electronics guy? Marquise?
2: Yeah. So yeah. one of his, I'm assuming it hits his, it's his employee uh, has his own YouTube channel and they did a tour of his studio. And I suggest I'm, I, this was not going to be my pick of the week, but I'm going to, th- I'm going to throw it in there because it's really cool. And he's got a whole floor of this building. That's, that's his studio. And, and uh, it's just, really cool to see somebody else's organization, how um, when there's a team of people, how everybody needs to know where everything is. And this room is for this, this cabinet is just camera equipment. And I don't know, I never understood other people's shop tours until I think recently, because I want to see how other people operate and if there's anything I can pull out from that. And so it's always good to get influences outside your circle. So I'm going to throw this into my pick of the week and you guys should check this out. Cause you guys might pick up something from it.
0: Yeah, that's cool. It's funny. Cause I was, I think we've talked about this before, but I was, always really resistant to doing a shop tour because I just didn't feel right about it. Like it felt like it was bragging. And then once you did yours, I was like, see his didn't feel braggy. Like it was like helpful and interesting. And like, I, I should, Do it for that sake. Like, I kind of get it. So, thank you for doing yours because it (laughs) gave me a different perspective on it. And I
2: would love to see one for you. That would be great. It's okay to brag a little. It's
1: okay. Well,
0: I know it's okay to. I don't want to. (laughs) That's not the point. (laughs) Do it. You feel Um, good. Do we have anything else? We didn't really have a topic, but we got anything else to talk about? Because we could go ahead and do picks.
2: Well, yeah. And uh, Jimmy's got a heart out, and we got an, uh, an after show to record yet.
0: Oh! That's true. Forgot about the episode. Alright, did you have another pick other than that tour?
2: Yes. So, Make Magazine posted an article and it brought this website to my attention called Template Maker. This is really cool. This is all, like, packaging boxes, paper crafts, and it's just a bunch of free templates that you can modify and change dimensions, and it's really cool. I, i put the link in the chat. You should check this out. But I have this so that's my pick. And I have this book, and it's called Structural Packaging. And this book is super cool.
1: And those, That's amazing.
2: Yes. And I, 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 I flip through the pages, and it's all this really complicated packaging and, and templates in there. And I don't know how to use this with what I do, but I know that someday mm. I'm going to. Because I'm so inspired by this book. I'm like, one of my thoughts is like, can I make... Can I make a box out of wood veneer cut on the laser cutter if I could w- what would be the purpose you know so um mm. I'm trying yeah, to find someone inspiration. come out of that. that's great to have yeah so check out this website it's really cool it's called template maker sweet
1: I'm gonna talk about the blind wood turner. I talked about it in my my vlog a couple days ago uh I got uh a message from a friend of his that said he's uh he's feeling a little low morale on YouTube just because his views and everything's kind of dipping a little bit. And so I just wanted to give him a bump. Chris Fisher is his name. And Chris Fisher, I met at Mega Central. He'll be there again. And he's a woodturner and he does not have the ability to see. Just pretty amazing. He makes his own videos and he's his, I think it's his wife lives with him. She reads the comments to him and comments back through, he comments back through her. So he's able to uh, he's able to participate in the YouTube community without sight, which is amazing in and of itself. Wow. And he actually uses yeah. a lathe, so go check him out, give him some love. He's he's a really sweet guy, and just his story alone—if if that's not a motivator—to get out of our own way, you know, with 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 full capabilities. Yeah. And here's a guy doing it wow. with limited with limited capabilities. So go check out Chris and send him some love. The blind wood turner. That's awesome on YouTube.
0: You know, I've I've seen his name on different things. I think probably last year at Maker Central and stuff. And it, I saw it and thought like, oh, that's pretty wild. Somebody's blind, but I never really thought about how amazing that actually is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, just having used a lathe, the very little that I've used it, it's terrifying, and I can see it, and not (laughs) being able to see what you're doing with those tools and the speed and the that's that's amazing. So let me go check him out. Um, so mine is actually, thank you, David, is a thing that I just ran across by looking at the homepage of YouTube. <laughs> I, did, I didn't go to my, uh, to my subscriptions. I just went to the homepage and it's not a particularly great video. It's a bunch of time lapses of an entire thing just slammed together. No, no speech, no anything. This guy took, a uh, guy named Cole Webb took a box truck, like a U-Haul truck and put a tiny house inside of it. So, basically, he just stripped out what very little was inside there, built a back wall, you know, on the back opening, added a door and a window, and then built some furniture and, like, a bed and stuff on the inside. And it's the video is just time lapses. But when I was watching it, I'm like, that's, like, anybody could do that. I mean, if you get a truck, I guess. But, like, that's pretty awesome. It's just insulating a box, pretty much, and then you put stuff in it, and you could totally drive it around <laughs> and You know, have a little mobile tiny house. So anyway, it gave me some ideas. Um, So I'll just put it in there. And it's like six minutes long, but you get to see the entire process. They do the whole thing in six minutes. Are you moving into your Land Cruiser? (laughs) I am not moving into my Land Cruiser. (laughs) That would be a problem. Um, Yeah, so go go check that out. Um, I want to thank our Patreon supporters before we go to the after show, which is the thing that they get that nobody else gets. But especially want to thank Wise Old Dal, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Caleb Harris, Maker and Training, FunKiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, and Make Build Modify. I really needed to clear my throat during all that, but I didn't. So, because I'm so appreciative of all those patron- patrons. <laughs> uh, big thanks to them and to everybody else. Uh, who helps us out over there. It means a lot. And anybody that supports us at any level on Patreon gets the after show, which is more of us talking and potentially some secret TV California Hollywood stuff from Jimmy. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah. I don't want to get him in trouble, but he's going to tell us (laughs) stuff whether he wants to or not. So if you want to help out the show, go to patreon.com slash making it and hit the button. Cool. You guys got anything else for this week?
1: We're good. Eventually, I will build stuff again on YouTube, so thank you man. love you. Cool.
0: All right, well, I guess we will see everybody next week. Later. Oh. Love you.